There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. I finished high school in 1974, and for two years after that I serve in Soviet military. Then I study at Railroad Technical School. In 1980, I get married to my wife, Madjia. Madjia is a good woman, and we live peaceful existence for about 10 years. Then in 1991, trouble comes to our lives. The Soviet Union collapsed. I started drinking. I went through even alcohol rehabilitation, but it didn't help. Magia, my wife, and my children suffer greatly. Finally, even though Magia is an upright woman and very faithful, she leaves me. It's too hard to live with me. She is gone for three years. Finally, she returns, but our lives are not so good. She takes children to the mosque to pray for me, but it does not make any difference. Magia does not know God but she prays that he will reveal himself to her. My children grow up. My children leave village to go and work in another city. I continue drinking, and I am trying to find help to stop it. One day my oldest daughter comes back home, and she tells us that we should seek the truth because she says God loves us. Magia was looking for God. She found him in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus gives my wife peace and salvation. My wife later, she witnesses to me, shares her faith with me, and then she asks me to cut off my beard. You see, I have a beard because I consider myself to be a Muslim. I even read the Muslim prayers, but they don't help me to stop drinking. One day I realized that I will not be able to overcome alcohol on my own strength. And in my heart, I hear a voice encouraging me to agree with my wife and to accept Jesus. I repent on August 28, 2009. To my family's delight, I begin going to church with them. I listen to the word of God, and the Lord Jesus touched my heart. After the service, I go outside, and I am sharing with all passers-by, people going up and down the street, my great joy. I went around city for an entire week, witnessing and telling people that salvation has come to me. My wife is close by. We grow together. We pray together. We read God's word together, especially the Psalms. 
We began an outreach ministry in the villages and towns surrounding where we live. Today we are full-time missionaries. This is the personal account and story of a man that we'll call Tarmukhan S., and I read this testimony several years ago. Oh, I don't know, probably eight or nine years ago. I can't remember exactly. It's the testimony of a man from Central Asia. As was clear in his story, Tarmukhan S. was born and lived in what was the former Soviet Union. He lived a normal life, basic Soviet life, doing his military duty, working a job, and serving the state. But when the USSR collapsed, so did his personal life. Tarmukhan reached back into his ancestral roots, thinking that Islam might give him a better life. But pragmatically, he did what many Soviet men did, and that was to reach for a bottle to diminish the realities of life. What a great story, though, right? <laughs> I serve as Gospel Inc.'s field director for that part of the world, and Tumarkhan S. was recommended to us by a national director that I have met personally and who lives in the same Asian country as Tarmukhan. I should say at this point that his real name is not Tarmukhan S. But since this podcast is on the internet, this is the name we shall use. Regardless of his name, he was indeed the kind of man that Gospel Inc. is looking to support. He had a genuine walk with God. There was more than one village in which he had started a Bible fellowship. And he was always trying to reach more places, despite the social antagonism against Christianity, and despite his very limited financial resources. These podcast episodes are being produced with a desire to bring joy to you, the listener, in a world where the media diet constantly offers macabre, hopeless, death and corruption, or vain and carnal sensationalism, Gospel Inc. desires to offer testimonies of God's people national preachers, sharing their faith, planting churches, and making disciples. I know for me personally, reading the reports of faithful people in other countries brings me a joy and an understanding that I am part of something bigger than the world's squabbling politics or the showbiz of lust and vanity. I have a privilege to be counted with the faithful followers of Jesus Christ. In Antioch, those followers were first called Christians. And the name of this episode today is, Who is a Great Christian? I think Jesus gave us a hint to greatness. When he once asked, When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? The word there that Jesus uses for faith is a Greek word, pistis which is also translated faithfulness. And knowing that etymology helps me to grasp the context of Jesus' somewhat mystical and vague question. When the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on the earth? Shall he find faithfulness on the earth? I mean, this comment is almost a side parenthetical comment that's interjected after he has assuredly told his disciples that God will avenge his own. God will bring justice. In other words, God will be faithful to his children. And then I can almost picture Jesus wistfully saying 
But when I come back, will I find anyone else being faithful? You see, it's wonderful to have a great testimony of God saving you. But Jesus clearly calls those whom he has saved to faithfulness in their living. Part of my responsibility with Gospel Inc. is to read the quarterly reports that these sponsored preachers have written and sent about what God is doing. These reports are records of these men faithfully serving the Lord and making him known. Tarmukhan S., the man I mentioned earlier, the power of God I read about in his salvation testimony, <laughs> I also read it in his reports. Here's one example. We continue hosting a prayer meeting in our home every morning from 6 a.m. until 7 a.m. I am also preaching God's word every Sunday. I teach small group of four families. There are six adults and eight children. When someone is not able to attend the Bible study, I try to visit them at their homes. Several days a week, I go on visitation to witness and to share the gospel. I also, with permission of local authorities, minister in local hospitals and schools. We saw during one visitation recently a woman and her children come to know Christ. I was born and lived my entire life in this area, and I often meet with my former classmates. I always witness to everyone and try to maintain friendships. Unfortunately, when some of my old friends find out that I am a Christian, they stay away and refuse to talk to me. For some people, friendship with a Christian is taboo. There are some that are willing to be friends, and I make priority to spend time with them. My friend from school trusted Christ recently, and I gave him a Bible. His wife and children are very upset about him becoming a Christian, and they hid the Bible from him so that he would not read it. He cautioned them and warned them that they cannot burn God's word. So instead of burning it, they hid it. Recently, I visited a woman who has cancer, and I witnessed to her. While I was there, her family found out that I was Christian, and they kicked us out of their house. The woman was very open to the gospel, and it's a pity that we can't talk to her anymore. She is still young, only 44. I continue traveling to other cities and villages usually with gifts for local poor families. One time we go to a village which is far from us. We were on our way home late at night when our car runs out of gas and I stopped in desolate place. There were no gas stations anywhere close. We prayed to God and he sent another car which towed us to the next village. There we had some friends and we spent the night. In the morning we found some gas and finished our trip home. Our social outreach allows us to visit many families who are needy. In past times, I never met any families who were so desperate, where children are often starving, never have sweets, don't have adequate bedding and clothing. Their houses have little or no furniture or blankets. I also recently go to the mountains to visit the shepherds who live in harsh conditions. I took them some warm clothing and witnessed to them. There I brought a homeless ill alcoholic home with me. He stayed with us. We cleaned him up and he trusted Christ. He went on visitation with us and we gave glory to God. Please pray for that man. Certainly, if you're a Gospel Inc. sponsor and you read a personal report like this, you realize that your $100 or your $50 donation a month is well worth it. 
As for me, the reading of the quarterly reports keeps me abreast of the needs and the activities presently occurring in each and every different country. I'm going to take a side road here and on a personal note, I must say that my six children are a great joy in my life. Now, it's not all fun and games by any means. My house and home experience broken lampshades, chipped teeth, soiled couches, stitches, tears, outbursts, and of course the belligerence and self-will that they inherited from me and from our common ancestor, Adam. Certainly raising children requires vigilance and diligent work. And yet great joy comes when I see them grow, when I see them turn their hearts to the Lord, when I see them make decisions based on wisdom and not selfishness. Joy comes when drops of truth begin to water their souls like dew on a summer morn. A few years ago, my third-born son was 10 years old. You may or may not know Adriel Blessed, but no matter, you can picture a 10-year-old boy sprawled out on the sofa with abstract thoughts beginning to enter his mind about life. One leg straddled the back of the couch in true preteen fashion, and I remember his bare feet dangled carelessly. Thoughtfully, the meditation of his eyes revealed some deeper inner deliberations. Papa, he asked me, who is a great Christian? Being unsure of the actual answer myself, I asked him to clarify his definition of great. Well, you know, Papa, who, who is a great Christian? He repeated. Well, do you mean great as in fame or in service? Or do you mean in faith or in power or in obedience? I mean, tell me what you mean by great, son, and I can tell you someone who is like that. He didn't answer, but I watched him ponder some more, probably wondering why I didn't know any great Christians off the top of my hat. I hoped he was contemplating the difference between what the world values as great and what eternity values as great. Indeed, there is a big difference there, isn't there? My son and I talked a little more about this idea of greatness, but he never really articulated what he thought was the definition of a great Christian. And the conversation concluded with, without my poor 10-year-old receiving a complete answer. Later that week, I was going through the gospeling reports sent from Central Asia. Again, I read the report from Tarmukhan S. A 64-year-old man accepted Christ this quarter. We have been witnessing to him for a while. He came to visit me one day and we stayed up late at night talking. He woke me up at five in the morning and asked me to pray with him to accept Christ. God had touched his heart. He has stopped drinking. He has stopped smoking and he has shared with us about it. We are meeting with him once a week and witnessing to his neighbors as well. Most people in that little village have heard about the Lord, but because of the Islamic influence, they are afraid to turn to Christ. As I read this anecdote, it, it didn't really astound me. It was encouraging, yes, but, but it's common enough to see these national preachers lead their fellow villagers to Christ, seeing the Lord give freedom. In each report 
the different gospeling preachers share about their families. And in this report, Tarmukhan S. shared an alarming and unusual story of how his teenage son was mugged one night. Now, Central Asia is not known for its godly culture, and robbing a preacher's son there is akin to trying to get blood out of a turnip. But the ministry section of his report continued as he shared his own attempts to sow the truth of God's word into his culture. We travel weekly to a region 100 kilometers away to minister to three groups of my people. One group is in the city and two groups are in the villages. We travel there and we stay there several days to visit all three. Again, nothing out of the ordinary, but it's again to see, it's great to see people being faithful spreading the gospel, having goals, plans, reaching out. You know, we ask the preachers to send photos when they can. And in this particular quarter, Tarmukhan S. sent something like 11 photos with this report. Each photo is from a different village, from a different group, or of a different individual. There were no great stages, no microphones, and no one was making a podcast for Tarmukhan S. <laughs> but I thumbed through those photos and I looked at the people there. They were listening attentively, pensively, sometimes hungrily. At that point, the Lord gave me an answer. The teachable moment with my son remained fresh in my mind and now I was empowered for a second session to the great question, who is a great Christian? The next evening after supper, I gathered my children around the dining room table. I read Tarmukhan's simple report. We then, in geographical pursuit, went and found the location of his country on the globe. Then I went through the different photos that had accompanied Tarmukhan's report. Do you see any great crowds? I asked my children. No. Are they gathered in a great building or in a mega church? No, it was a simple kitchen with tea and cookies. Look at this photo. Do you see any rich people? Do you think these children here are going to help Pastor Tumarkhan financially? All the little eyes studied the photo. No, Papa. How about lots of glory or fame? Do you think Pastor Tarmukhan S receives announcements or accolades in these villages? No. You know, a few days ago, Adriel asked me who was a great Christian. We talked for a long time about what God considers greatness. Some Christians travel lots of places, or sometimes they speak to large crowds. Others write books or speak on the radio, but that doesn't make them great in God's sight necessarily. God is looking for something else. And then I pointed to the preacher in his mid-60s, seated amongst these simple listeners with his Bible open. One photo after another showed simple village people in the plainest of clothes, in settings with the meanest of furnishings. In one photo, Tarmukhan S. was reading the Bible to three aged women, long beyond their best years of productivity. In another photo, there were five children and they stared wide-eyed as their visitor told them about Jesus. Do you think Pastor Tarmukhan does this to gain influence? 
somehow or, or maybe to become famous? The question was rhetorical. And then I said, this man is a great Christian. I paused. I let the words sink in. He is faithful to talk about Jesus right where he is to whomever God brings to him. He doesn't do it for money. In fact, he needs money from the United States to do some of this and to go to these villages. But you know what? He is faithful. And he knows that these people, poor or old, all have a soul. And so he tells them about God and salvation. And that is great. Pamukhan S. never imagined that he would have a ministry in the USA. But because he is faithful in his ministry in Central Asia, he has touched the hearts of my children and has given them a biblical picture of greatness in God's sight. For me, that's good news. And now, I trust his story has done the same for you. And the dawning to noonday bright And Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth The kingdom of love and light There's a song I sing sometimes. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is what I long for. Faithfulness is what I need. When I sing, I picture Jesus overlooking his people and calling for faithfulness until he returns. None of us knows how long that will be. And none of us know how many days we have left on this earth to be faithful as individuals. In February 2020, Tarmukhan S. entered the hospital. The doctors operated more than once. But on March 22nd, this dear, faithful national preacher went home to be with the Lord. Remember his dear wife, Magia, who prayed for God to save them, show himself to them? She wrote this letter to their gospeling supporters, and I'll finish by reading excerpts from it. She wrote, On March 23rd, we buried my husband. I have received many attacks and harassment from both my relatives and from my husbands. They put all kinds of pressure on us, opposing our God and our faith. I told God, you are my husband and my advisor and my protector now. I thank Jesus that all the time he was with me. Since my husband's passing, I have fallen and broken two ribs. Then the whole family was sick with COVID. At this time, I received financial assistance from you, with which we were able to buy medicine and receive treatment. On behalf of our entire family, I express deepest gratitude to you. I have asked my God. I used to serve you with my husband, but now he is gone. What should I do for you now? God has given me seven people in one particular village. They call me all the time. I read scriptures to them over the phone. We set ourselves a goal of sharing with each other how our day went and what our trials were and how we acted in each situation. Wherever I am, I try to share the gospel using any situation. 
please pray that the Holy Spirit himself will lead this evangelism I'm doing. Once again, I want to express my deep gratitude to you. Mrs. Tarmukhan S. continues to be faithful. I can't show her photo online, but if you go to cupofgoodnews.org, you can see her late husband. There's a photo of him in a tea cafe. There's a photo of him with some shepherds. There's a photo of him with a homeless man that I read about. If you'd like to see these photos that I showed to my children, write me an email at deancupofgoodnews.org. That's deancupofgoodnews.org. You know, we're about to begin a new calendar year. I hope you have a great one. (laughs) In other words, I hope it's a faithful one. See you next year.